John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show! Here's John. And here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan. The international comedy podcast. Episode. Episode. (laughs) Oh, go on, you go for it. I bet you don't know. I have no idea. 22 <laughs> it's 25 25 wow nice we've made a quarter of a century <laughs> well we haven't made it yet this one has only just begun <laughs> i'm assuming we'll manage to get through it. <laughs> 25 episodes have right. you had a good week oh uh, it was half term here so i've spent a week with my kids which there's nothing like half term to make you regret <laughs> the fact that your penis works <laughs> <laughs> wow worked <laughs> yeah yeah worked I think uh, it's been made redundant. Yeah, I'll take a hammer to my genitals after the week I've had. <laughs> uh, yeah, went to. That is not something I want to imagine. No, we did lots of fun stuff. We went to um, the Yorkshire Wildlife Sanctuary, Royal Wildlife Park. And it's just. Of course, it's a family attraction, so there's lots of other families there, but I just. I just find myself hating society more and more. <laughs> Envy, envying the chimpanzees and oh, the trees. <laughs> but it's just, because oh, obviously, you know, I mean, it's nothing new, but everybody's got smartphones and stuff now, so everybody wants to take pictures and they're all just ignorant. And you hear just some awful, you know, there's a big family and, you know, like the little kid was so obviously interested in what was around him and then the dad was just Kelly couldn't care less and like this kid went oh what he was like looking over this railing he's like oh what is it what is it his dad went oh it's a fucking polar bear you stupid (laughs) (laughs) no he never and I was just no way the kid was about six or seven and I was just like oh you awful awful man so it just made made me I can't believe yeah I felt like pushing the fat fuck in (laughs) <laughs> let, 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 have a fight with a polar bear yeah. there you go how'd you like that you fucking horrible man yeah it's awful I can't believe he called his kid that in public yeah he's proper broad Barnsley <laughs> accent as well <laughs> yeah society is uh, crumbling I'm, yeah. I'm certain of it <laughs> yeah. hey, how about for you yeah, I've had a normal week. Been uh, I've been working. Uh, some of us have uh, don't have half term, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I had uh, I had a funny uh, text conversation with my wife this week. I put it on Facebook, and uh, it got a uh, it got quite a few chuckles. So I thought I'd let you uh, I'd let you know. My wife is famous for not answering the question that she's been asked, and. This, this happened on Saturday. I was working on Saturday and then I, we were gonna we we're trying to decide what to do in the evening. So I mailed her and I said, uh, tonight, shall I cook dinner, get a takeaway or do you want to go out? And then she replied, will you speak to John tomorrow? <laughs> yes, but we can go out tomorrow if you prefer. And then she replied, I had ramen for lunch today. I said, so? And then she replied, 
It's better to go out for dinner tomorrow. Okay, what do you want for dinner tonight? She said, you cook or get a takeaway. I know they were the other two options. I wrote them. What do you feel like eating? <laughs> and then she said, she said KFC. But I know that she doesn't want KFC because she's only saying that because she knows I want it, which is really nice, of course. But um, I said to her, okay, it doesn't matter. I'll cook something unless you really want KFC. She said, well, let's go out for dinner. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to go to the supermarket. <laughs> I'm going to go to the supermarket on the way home anyway. Do you need anything? Uh, that was at four o'clock. She said, okay. And then I left the supermarket at 5.40 and she mailed me at 5.45 saying, please get some bananas and fish. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, and this isn't a language barrier thing. This is just <laughs> just what she does. Yeah, my wife, my <laughs> wife does exactly the same. Like we had, there was another one this morning. I said, to her, "What time are we going out today?" She said, "I've just put the washing machine on." <laughs> <laughs> oh, how women's minds work. Yeah, well, maybe we should understand more, more. It's not, it's not their fault, probably. It's ours. Yeah. The ability to think from A to C, missing out from B. I think that's what it is. I have a, I have a board that I write down stuff that I've got to do on. And my wife just constantly says, oh, you didn't tell me that. So well, I did tell you, and I wrote it down on the board that you've looked at. And then she's like, oh, well, you didn't tell me properly, <laughs> whatever that means. So... <laughs> I guess I didn't. I didn't put it in an envelope and have it delivered to her by courier with a seal wax on the envelope. <laughs> so what's on today's show? Well, we have a busy show as usual. We have uh, some news, uh, urgent news coming hot off the presses. We have uh, the return of school days, and we have some musical comedy from the Pirates of Tokyo Bay improv group. But of course, first, this. This is JNSNJ News. So now it's time for the news. What have you got for me, Sam? Well, this is a story that uh, happened in December of 2018. Uh, the article begins. This past Christmas, a man in California learned a grim but useful holiday lesson. Sometimes don't spread glad tidings and keep the good news to yourself. It was December the twentieth, and the city was. Uh, it was December twentieth, and the city of about a hundred thousand people, which is located midway between Sacramento and San Francisco, was festooned with white lights and toy reindeer. Hoping to get his hands on a bit of extra cash for the holidays, a Vancouver man went to a lucky grocery store and paid $30 for a scratch-off lottery ticket that odd said would leave him at a loss. But the ticket turned out to be a winner and promised to flood his bank account with $10,000. Or so he thought. The lucky... The lucky lottery contestant couldn't contain his excitement. He returned home to tell his two roommates of his financial success. So, at this point in the story, John, what are you predicting is going to happen? His two... Well, this is in America, so his two roommates rape and murder him. That was not what I was expecting, but you're not that far off the mark. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> try, try, I try and choose slightly light-hearted stories when it's my turn to find a story, so there's not much murdering going on, but let me continue. Um, he said, He would rue the day he ignored the warning of Shakespeare's King Lear to mend your speech a little, lest you may mar your fortunes. Uh, a little bit of Shakespeare on the John and Sam in Japan International Comedy <laughs> Podcast there. First time for everything. <laughs> Who wrote this story? Uh, it said the next morning he reported to the Sacramento District Office of the California State Lottery to collect his winnings, but the ticket he presented was not a winner. Suspecting that one of his roommates had purloined the winning ticket while he was sleeping, the man went to the local police department, which recounted the episode on Facebook. Uh, Chris Pollan, a spokesman for the uh, spokesman for the police department, said authorities weren't naming the man at his request. Um, it didn't take long for the police to unwind the mystery of the good ticket gone bad. The following day, on December 22nd, the man's 35-year-old roommate, uh, Adul, attempted to cash in on the winning scratch-off ticket at the same lottery office in Sacramento. But the winning ticket wasn't worth a meagre $10,000. It was actually worth $10 million. Oh, funny you got away with it. I mean, rip it off your mate for ten thousand dollars, but rip it off your mate for ten million dollars. I mean, that's a bit. <laughs> How are you going to get away with that, really? <laughs> I mean, ten thousand dollars. You could just ten million, ten thousand dollars. If you did rip off your mate, I mean, you wouldn't need to buy. You couldn't afford to buy anything extravagant like a house or anything. So you just have an extra hundred dollars a week for the next, you know, hundred weeks or whatever it would be. Was that ten thousand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's not really much. I think is it? you're right. Uh, Ten million. You're not going to be stuffing that under your mattress, no. are you? No way. So what happened? Did he yeah, get... it says uh, California lottery officials had not been informed that a ticket had been reported stolen, but nevertheless began a routine investigation conducted for all winnings over $600. The lottery investigator who went to the shop where the ticket was bought to view the video video surveillance footage of the original purchase learned that the ticket may have been stolen, according to the police department's account. A theft of lottery tickets is relatively common and numerous scratch-off winners have later been unmasked for stealing tickets either from friends or from the grocery stores where they were employed. Uh, the lottery is a magnet for elaborate scams, but the high-stakes contest can also motivate more petty forms of personal betrayal. <laughs> I mean, presumably, these guys are living together. They must have been friends of some sort. <laughs> Uh, he might be one of those people who stirs his tea really loudly. <laughs> so they just hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> one of those people yeah, just... I've been accused of being that loud stirrer. <laughs> uh, the, the roommate who just pisses all over the toilet seat. <laughs> oh, <just laughs> Doesn't eat, wipe it up. Yeah, eats your bread. <laughs> <laughs> um, it continued the lottery investigator teamed up with the police to get to the bottom of things and find out who had purchased the initial ticket and who was responsible for the ticket presented the following day and who was going to get the 10 million dollars what they what they say they uncovered was an elaborate attempt by adul to seize his roommate's reward he had allegedly purchased a similar scratch card and then swapped it out for the winning ticket while his unsuspecting roommate was sleeping 
Checking who's passed out drunk. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Don't went... bury your bottles. Yeah, $10,000. <laughs> his mate keeps doing the old spy thing of just filling a piece of glass and then chucking his over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> one more, one more. <laughs> Uh, on Monday, the investigator summoned Abdul to the Sacramento office to, to collect his winnings. But instead of rejoicing in the windfall, however, he was arrested by the police who obtained a warrant for him on the charge of grand theft. He was booked at the county jail and will be transferred to another county jail later in the <coughs> week. But meanwhile, this is a kind of... I'm not sure the ending of this story ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. It says... Uh, the police spokesman said that lottery officials were discussing the winnings with the victim, but they said that they could not be certain that the man would receive the payment. Oh, they're such bastards, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> it says, although they say what? he ended... You make Nick and it's an act of God. Sorry, so we can't pay out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. It's been damaged. Well, an act of um... Satan. <laughs> The uh, this article I got from the Washington Post, they had uh, sent an email inquiring about whether he would receive payment, and the lottery department mailed back to the Washington Post, and they said, "I'm sure everything will work out in the end," and they added a smiley face. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so fingers crossed, it is uh, a happy ending. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I heard that the uh, the guy who's lottery ticket that was robbed um, a different reporter said to him what was it like living with your two mates they said well living with him the thief there was never a dull moment <laughs> that was JNSNG News what were you like when you were at school did you get straight as or were you a fool John and Sam want to know They'll feature your story on the show. Tales from teachers are welcome too. You can send the email from the loo. Ring, ring goes the bell. Time for some action from the school. Uh, weird thing to say. John, anyone get in touch? This episode we have some homework submitted by a teacher from a Japanese student in year six and she said, I want to write about how my homeroom class wants to be told to go home. So she says, in my school now, influenza is a little prevalent. I'm in A class. D class has 11 people absent. And our school have decided that we must not come to school if we have 10 or more students absent with influenza. D class has two <laughs> students who never come to school. So it means that they only needed nine students to be absent with influenza. When my class heard this, everyone went to classroom D to get influenza. Some people got a cough. Everybody was doing their best. Although we tried our best, we only had four students absent on Friday. One of the, one of the students uh, brought a th clinical thermometer to show to to know everybody's temperatures uh, when she thinks everybody's somebody's hot. We can't understand why we only have a few students absent, even though everyone has been trying really hard to catch influenza, but we won't give up. 
Next week, <laughs> next week we have the chorus contest on Wednesday. Three quarters of my classmates are thinking we don't want to do the chorus contest. So we're aiming <laughs> to have 10 or more students absent with influenza. I'm going to try my best to get influenza. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, good luck to that student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I must say, I must say, Dean, the teacher, is doing something right there because she's a year year six Japanese student, and she she or he, sorry, she she she's a year six Japanese student, and she's used the word prevalent and clinical in her essay. So I think well done. Well, to be fair, I think I was reading the uh, the corrected home version of the homework from Dean. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Well, as a teacher, he's got a he's got a good uh, <laughs> got a good vocabulary himself. <laughs> <laughs> so he should. Have you ever gone to any extremes to get get off school? Not school, but work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't call drinking twelve pints, <laughs> but that's just like sort of uh, accidental. No, I at school I didn't really have skive a lot. I don't think. Uh... <clears throat> Oh, we did once. Oh, once me and my. Oh, this was when I was in doing my A levels. We had to make as part of our biology course. We had to do a presentation about um, something, and so me and three other friends decided we were going to make a video out in the fields about nitrates. So we went off for the day, and it was a beautiful sunny day, and we made this very funny um, video about nitrates. Basically, just filming dog shit and cow shit all day. And then we decided, we decided because it was such a nice day that we'd just stop off at a country pub on the way back. <clears throat> and then we decided we couldn't be asked going back to school. So we called up the school and spoke to our science teacher and said, oh, our car's broken down. And then we proceeded to spend the next <laughs> three hours sat in the sunshine drinking, which was great. Apart from the poor guy who had to drive. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I'm, presuming, I'm assuming he wasn't drinking then. No, just one or two. Is a countryside. Oh, good lad. Yeah, well, that you're allowed to in those days have one yeah. or two. <laughs> How about you? Um, no, no, I was the same. I never really uh, skipped school too much. A couple of times, but uh, but yeah, never. Uh, oh, I did do to pretend I was sick. I don't think it was to get a day off school, but just generally looking for a little bit of attention. I did the old. Um, thermometer under your arm lean against the radiator thing but my mum just busted me completely because my temperature was like I don't know 55 degrees or something <laughs> just like if you if you had a temperature of that, that high you'd be dead <laughs> <laughs> on the verge <laughs> so no no I never uh, I never I never tried to get myself influenza how about like, work uh, um I uh, this was back in the back in the days when I was a student. During the summer holidays, I was working in a sandwich shop. It was like an upscale sandwich shop in Manchester, and I had to be there from like half five, six o'clock in the morning, and it finished at two. That's not good. And uh, yeah, well, basically, I just wanted a week off in the summer holidays, but I got I used to get paid in cash at the end of every week, and so on a Thursday night, I went out all night and I'd already decided to myself I'm going to have the next week off and so but I didn't have any money so on the Thursday night I went out had a massive night out didn't go to bed caught the tram into work got there for like half five and I looked awful 
and just said, "Oh, I've been up all night. My uh, my granddad's dead, but, <laughs> but I don't have I don't have any money for my train fare." And so the woman gave me a big oh. hug, gave me my uh, my week's wages, and then I skipped off oh, back no. to back to bed and had a week off. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Was your granddad alive at the time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's oh, fine. I could never have done that. I could never have done that. <laughs> I don't understand how people. I once, I once had, um, I asked my friend. This was, I was working in a different pub. This was also when I was a student, and it was a beautiful sunny day in Manchester. I decided that I can't be asked going to work, but I also realised that I'd probably get fired if I just called in sick. So I said to my mate, who wasn't the brightest, I said, "What I'll do is I'll go to work, give it about an hour, and then you call in and pretend that you're my." <laughs> Dad, and I've got to come home because there's been a serious accident or something. So I'm working, I'm working away, just waiting for this phone call. And all of a sudden, the landlord, the landlord comes up to me and goes, uh, "Yeah, you got a phone call." And I went, "All oh, right." He said, um, "Yeah, it's your dad. You're gonna have to go home. There's there's been a serious accident, and your granddad's in hospital, so you're gonna have to leave." I said, like, "Oh God, that's awful." Did you know? Give me an Oscar, brilliant. <laughs> So I left. He wasn't happy, but so I left, got back to my where I lived, and I said to my mate, Oh, cheers for that. That was and he said, Yeah, I think I completely messed that up. I said, Why? <laughs> what did you do? And he said, um, well, I talked to him and then I went, It's John's dad. And he went, What's your name? And I, I went, uh, John, John's dad. <laughs> Fair play. I had to go. I had to go to work two days after, and I just, I just, just completely blanked it and pretended. Just, just pulls out. Yeah. That that reminds me of a time I was working in a pub. I mean, it's always when you're working in a pub, and the, the, one of the chefs I kind of known him at school. He's a couple of years older than me, but he was we've been at school together. And then one time uh, he called in and he couldn't come in because his grandfather had died, and he had you know quite a few days off too. And then the next time he returned to work, I said to him, "Ah, oh, I said, oh, hey man, I'm I'm really sorry to hear about your grandfather." And he just looked at me confused and said, "What?" <laughs> I said, you know, you've been off because you're... Oh, he went, oh, no, no, he's fine, he's fine. (laughs) It's international, yeah. John and Sam in Japan. live in Japan but wish you were back home? Get down to Mr. Disco's, Roppongi's premier nightclub and bar. We only speak English. Want to meet English teachers? Come on down. Want to see military guys get loose? Come on down. Want to have a chat with investment bankers who are suspiciously stimulated? Come on down. Visit Mr. Disco's. That feels like you never left home. Yo, Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two Brits talk a shit over a cup of tea Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please But there's something else cooking in the kitchen Could someone answer the burning question? Okay, time for the burning question. Uh, this episode's burning question is What is the most unromantic situation you've been in? Uh, John, did anyone get in touch? Yeah, so Kelly Zimnikis, who's actually been uh, We've featured her stand-up on our show She got in touch on Twitter but yeah, very funny. She got in touch on Twitter and she said, 
when um, the most dramatic thing was when I was on a date and realised that he was on Tinder texting someone else and I caught the reflection on his of his phone in his sunglasses that he had on his collar. That, well, that's a bad start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she doesn't say she doesn't say how the the uh, the date ended. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But, yeah, I would I, really. <laughs> I'm assuming she's got self-respect that she uh, kicked him into touch. <laughs> well, or or had the what was it? Lunch, dinner, lunch, uh, dinner. He said dinner. Um, or that she sat there, had dinner, and made him pay for it. Ordered the lobster. Yeah, yeah just ran out the back. <laughs> <laughs> See ya, matey. <laughs> well, I hope you found true love, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And how about you? Maggie Maggie got in touch. Um, Maggie got in touch with us. No, noticing how it's girls who are getting in touch over this topic. <laughs> yeah. um, Maggie, Maggie said she went on two dates with the same guy. She said the first date, he took her to McDonald's. Uh, she thought she'd give him a second chance. And the second date, he took her to Burger King. So that was the end <laughs> of their dates. <laughs> what are you thinking? Well, I hope he didn't make her pay half. <laughs> yeah. I hope he supersized her meal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if you're a teenager, that's pretty bad form. <laughs> How about you, John? What's the most unromantic situation uh, you found yourself in? Um, well, I have to give a quick shout out to my brother because he's uh, last Valentine's Day, he took his girlfriend to Chernobyl, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> quite an amazing. <laughs> Quite an amazing thing. Uh, Is it like a metaphor for his radiating love? or I don't know if he's trying to make himself infertile because he doesn't want to have kids with her, but who knows? (laughs) (laughs) He's seen seen what you're going through. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But for me, probably the uh, most unromantic, I guess. It's one that my wife keeps throwing back in my face. And it was, we uh, when we'd been going out, probably about a year, we decided to go on holiday somewhere nice together. And we ended up going to Thailand, to Phuket. And we stayed in a, like a really nice resort. And the first night that we got there, I thought, you know, it's going to be a nice romantic holiday. And my wife, she'd eaten some sort of seafood that disagreed with her. And she just came out in this horrible sort of rash. And she just felt really sick. And just, we were both in bed by about, eight o'clock and i was angry because just ruined my holiday and yeah. so she's never she's never forgiven me for um not being sympathetic towards her when she was sick well she's right not to you should have been sympathetic well no i said to her why don't you just stay here and feel sorry for yourself and then i'll just go to the irish pub around the corner and watch football but um no she needed somebody to take care of her yeah well it's nice that you did yeah even 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 though i complained about it <laughs> so how about for you what's the most unromantic situation well you've been yeah like you in? i feel like i've probably caused quite a few unromantic situations but actually this one is um uh, i was on the receiving end of one uh, and it shows you that you've been together with someone a long time and also that you're getting a little bit old because not so long ago um i was being intimate i'm sorry to paint this disgusting picture in your mind but i was being (laughs) (laughs) and yet again we're hoping that no one's eating their breakfast (laughs) being being intimate with my wife and about halfway through uh she stopped and looked me deep in the eyes and then she said is your back okay (laughs) Uh, old age right of her to ask because i was in agony (laughs) those sex swings are not very comfortable are they 
Yeah, and it was a little bit chilly in the park. <laughs> John and Sam in Japan. One is funny, one is funny looking. John and Sam in Japan. One of them is funny, one is funny looking. Which is which? You decide. All right, and now it's time for some musical comedy from good friends of this show, the Pirates of Tokyo Bay. This was recorded in Hong Kong, and it's called CD Compilation, where they get audience members to suggest subjects, and then they turn it into a CD compilation. I think you're going to enjoy this. It's very funny. But first of all, I would like to know, you gentlemen over there, what was your very first job? I will, I, I, mm, I, I made hamburger at a meat factory. Hamburger at a meat Probably. factory. Uh, so you're a hamburger maker at a meat factory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, Suzanne. You were in the bathroom for a long time this time. Sorry, sorry. So, 3 a.m. We have some CDs to sell about hamburger makers. We do, we do. <laughs> just the best songs ever. Let's just get right into it. I want to hear that amazing Japanese pop song, <laughs> Hamburger Maker, I Heart You. Because I'm working in the factory, everything's going to hell. 
stuff there uh i am a massive fan of that with it being musical singing comedy <laughs> um so pirates of tokyo bay there if you want to find out more about the pirates of tokyo bay stuff you can go to their website pirates of they have shows in tokyo they go to hong kong philippines all over the place so if you have a chance catch up with them they do bilingual shows in english and japanese uh, they're really amazing okay so next episode's burning question in relation to our new story today what's the worst thing a roommate has ever done to you or what's the worst thing you've ever done to a roommate <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> We could probably do a whole episode based solely on our own behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else? No, I think that's all. Okay. Catch, Catch you later. later. It is time to go. That's the end of the show. If you liked it, write a review. Five stars or F you. And if you want to get in touch, we'd like that very much. Send a tape of your comedy, not a tape, just an MP3. Send us some comedy or a song that is funny. Send us your favorite bit. But we don't want your dick pics.
it is time to go That's the end of the show Tell your friends and your family Or even the people you're married You should join in Answer the burning question Send a new story Preferably something we can find about we're on the social media sites, Facebook and Twitter, day and night. It's John and Sam in Japan at gmail.com. And if you do this, then maybe, just maybe, Sam will put his clothes back on. John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast.